You're listening to Spotlight on Business on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Once again, here's your host, Laura Smith. Welcome back to Spotlight on Business. I'm Laura Smith. My guest today is Nick Wise of REMAX Results, president of Board of Realtors for Elkhart County and federal political coordinator now for Congressman Rudy Yacob. He knows his stuff. And uh, he was my personal broker, as I mentioned before, and I had such a great experience with him, as do so many people. And you'll see his signs all over the place. Nick Wise, that's Nick with a N-I-C and Wise with a W-Y-S-E. So we're talking about investing in real estate today. I, I, I mentioned that I did a real estate show many years ago in New York, and I used to work with Greg Rand, and he was from the Rand sort of dynasty, the Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty. And he used to have a motto that he would always say is, have a kid, buy a house. And I, I was like, what? And who can afford to do that? When you're first starting out and get, having kids, who can afford? He says, you buy a place you and you rent it out for all the years. And then when they go to college, you sell the house and they get the money or you pay for their college with the house, whatever. I always thought that was kind of an interesting concept. What do you say about that, Nick? Well, we're actually seeing a lot of younger home buyers doing that right now. In fact, there's there's a term that... I was not even familiar with it until pretty recently um, and heard it and tried to do a little digging into it. And I think it's a fascinating concept, uh, rent vesting. So instead of investing, we're rent vesting. And basically what you're doing is you're still renting a home, but in the meantime, you buy a house and you rent it out yourself. So you are both a tenant and a landlord at that point. Um, so a really interesting you know, concept and something, again, that I think is just kind of taking off right now. But that is the idea. You know, you you may not be in a position right now to buy your dream home, but maybe you can buy a home in an area where you know rents are fantastic and, and the opportunity to to create income off this rental is for you. So you're still maybe at college right now, you're you're, you know, living in an area before you finalize and you get your forever dream job. And in the meantime, you buy this other house while you're still renting, and you allow it to basically be paid off by the tenants. I mean, that's the wonderful and beautiful thing about you know, having a rental property. Um, even if you've got a mortgage on it, you're not paying that mortgage. If you've got tenants and good tenants in there, they're paying the mortgage for you. And we talked about that before. People don't like interest rates. Well, when you're renting... Your interest rate's a hundred percent, so you know it's it's not the ideal situation uh, for everybody. But there's a time and a place for it. And again, I, I just was so fascinated by the rent festing concept, mm-hmm. and I think people are doing it as well with the short term rentals. Um, you know, I know for a while there that was the big thing to do in Las Vegas. In fact, so much so in Las Vegas that they've made a lot of legislative changes out there, and they really shut down the way that you can do these short term rentals. Now they want it to be a thirty day minimum rental. So. I'm so no sure. Airbnb, no VRBO for some yeah. some people in some states. Because I know uh, I just went to Nashville with uh, eight friends, and there was a row of townhouses, and there were four of them, and they were all owned by this one woman, who obviously, and she must have poured millions of dollars into the, these properties because they they were absolutely gorgeous. You know, sleep twelve people, full kitchen, fireplace. I mean, really looked like you know, high-end quality. And, you know, she must have been making a fortune because after us, somebody was coming in the next day and it was it's like that all year round and she has four units and she does that too. That must be quite an operation. Yeah, I think so. I, I think you've got to, uh, you know, you've got to go into it again with full knowledge of, of what my situation looks like. Can I rent this out with for enough money to, you know, to 
make up the uh, the cost of having purchased the property and maintaining it and cleaning it and all those other things. And again, the, those local you know legislators they can really change the uh, the reality of that for you for a while. I know uh, Goshen actually had a change to their law a number of years ago because people were doing this. There was nothing on the books because Airbnb and, and VRBO, they, they weren't really a thing for you know a long time. And then right. they kind of just exploded. And I think uh, when the work situation created a demand for housing in Goshen, when it first started to really boom, you know, people were coming from Chicago, from Detroit, from Indy, from all over the place. And they're driving to this area. They're working five, six days a week. They don't want to drive home every single day, so they were looking for these short-term opportunities. And what we found, at least in Goshen, what they found was they had these big old houses, and they could rent out five different units in that house. Well, now you had five different cars parked in front of that house on the road where there is no driveway. Everyone's parking on the road. So now the neighbors next door who are just homeowners and live in their own home, they can't even park on their own road. And it was creating a pretty nasty situation for people. And, and I feel like that was a big part of the impetus for them to go ahead and make some changes into how the short-term rental market could be managed. Because it was creating such a distraction and such a, you know, dis- disabling conditions for the actual homeowners there. So I think they did the right thing. Um, Elkhart has not, at least as of my knowledge, as of this recording, um, does not have legislation yet as far as restricting short-term rentals. So there is opportunity there. And, and I believe South Bend is the, the exact same way. There are still opportunities for short-term rentals. And ask anybody who's got a, a short-term rental how well those rent out on uh, Notre Dame game day weekends. Yes, I've heard. The, the price is a little <laughs> higher on Notre Dame yeah. game day. Quite a bit higher, I should say. Um, but again, yeah, I think those are fantastic opportunities. If you've got the right property and you've, you've got the right go-to, to, to go ahead and do that. And I think it's also important for people to understand how much involvement they want to have personally or do they want to hire someone as a property manager? And I think that there's a lot of beauty in that, if, especially if, if this is not the only thing you do. You work a regular nine-to-five job, but you want to get into investing and, and doing some rental properties, but you're not going to be able to respond to that call at you know one o'clock in the afternoon and get out there and right. fix the water heater. So you, it's a really nice opportunity to have a property management system out there. And it can be yes. hard to find, but they're, they're there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He... the gentleman I used to do the show with used to say, make sure you get a property manager because it pays for itself in the long run when things are done well. And here's a case in point. My dad and my uncle went in on buying a a little studio apartment in Chicago. And this was back in the 70s while my sister was going to Northwestern. And so they bought this apartment as an investment and she lived in it. And then when she was finished with law school, she left. And so they needed to rent it out. And they did. But they did the renting themselves and they got in delinquent renters who refused to leave, never paid rent and were there for three years my poor dad and uncle lost their shirts and this beautiful the apartment was across the street from the John Hancock building. It was gorgeous, but they totally lost their shirts. And I think, you know, looking back on it, it had they known they would have done it. Now, what do you do? Are there people? Is it a property management company that would come in and vet the renters? Is there any way to uh you know, make sure that this doesn't happen. Are there types of contracts you can sign with people so that they can't take advantage of you in that way? Yeah, as best you can, you're going to be protected, um, and the property management company is going to know how to do that. So, yeah, when when you've got an apartment or a condo or whatever it is that that's, comes available, 
they're going to take those applications. They're going to ask for people to provide, you know, a, a credit report and make sure that they are credit worthy. They're going to look at their past rental uh, history. They're going to do all the things that you may not think about doing or that you may think, oh, well, this is a very nice person. I, I don't think I need to check all that out. I'm going to trust them and I'm going to give them the keys. Um, and, and the nice thing about a property management company is that one degree of separation. You know, your tenant, they may not always love you. They're paying you money every month. So, if you got a property management company, it's a little easier to kind of have that go between. Maybe they're right. not going to. It's a buffer. Yeah, it's a nice little buffer. It creates that separation. I, I think there's value in that as well. And there are people like myself who I would not be a great property manager. There's a reason I don't get into it and I don't have a bunch of rentals. I'm too nice. And I found that out <laughs> by having a rental and pretty much getting taken advantage of. I got the stories like, hey, we'll get the run month. You know, the, the rent will come in next month, we'll pay you double. And it was just unfolded into a very horrible, chaotic scene before it finally got them out. Like you said, fixed up the roughly $20,000 in damages to the oh house. Oh, my goodness. And just sold the house. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Hard pill to swallow. And yes, you are very nice. Not too nice. Very nice. So that, uh, but you grow up. I mean, you know, there, that's, that was then, this is now. You, it's with experience, you grow every time, I'm sure. Um, Tell us more about uh, just individual homeowners, um, how they're finding ways to invest um, in properties and what are some of the best practices and thinking about if you want to do this like I do. I always have in the back of my mind, if I just had a little chunk of money, I'd buy a property and I would do something to it. So what are some some other things for people to think about opportunities? Yeah. Well, one thing before I forget, when it just popped into my head when you were talking about that and kind of one of the first things you, that you said was, you know, do you have to be an investor and what kind of an investor are you before you get classified as an investor? I think pretty much anybody who actually owns a home is an investor. So you may not see it this way, but Laura, you're an investor. You're an investor of your own future. You know, what you've got there in your individual home is an investment, of course, in itself. And I, I think sometimes we fail to look at it that way, that, you know, as, as we talk about building that generational wealth by being a homeowner, there's things that are really, really important to do in your own home, even if you don't own that second home and you're not flipping a home or renting homes. You know, there's property maintenance items that I think people sometimes let themselves get away from. Um, and one thing that I have personally done in my own homes is actually have a home inspector come out and inspect my own home. I'm not getting ready to sell it. I'm, I'm just making sure I'm not missing things. And every single time I've done that, I feel like it's paid for itself because they have found something. Mm -hmm. um, we had one actually where there was a leak in the, uh, in the chimney. And if that hadn't been caught fairly early on, I mean, you can imagine what could have unfolded from there. We could have had drywall damage. We could have certainly had mold. I mean, it could have really, really gotten bad. So they discovered that really quick, really timely. We got a crew out and we got it taken care of right away. But, you know, roofs, uh, your foundation, your electrical system, your pipes in your home, uh, the septic, the well, uh, check for termites. There are so many different things that, that you're not doing every day. You're walking through your house every day and you're looking at the same things, your phone, right? You're not, you're not looking at the structural integrity of your home, but it's nice to have a different set of eyes come in and do that to make sure you're, you know, you're maintaining your investment, your home, because that's, that's really what it is. So I want to make sure people always think about that too. When you've got that home, don't just, uh, rest on your laurels and say, well, hey, this is going to be worth so much more one day. It will, but it's got to be maintained. You, you have to keep it up. I never thought of that because I think for a lot of people, they probably don't look forward to, you know, finding that they would much rather not think about what they have to fix. But like you said, in the long run, 
it's it's a great thing to do. Well, I am so grateful for your your great expertise here um, once a month, and we encourage people that maybe who haven't uh, heard who heard you before, you can go back and listen to the podcast on our podcast page on Spotlight on Business because. Nick Wise is full of incredible inf- information. He, he's really on the cutting edge of what's going on. And now being that he is the president of the Board of Realtors for Elkhart County and also working with Congressman Rudy Yacom, I mean, he really knows what's going on. And when you do buy a house or sell one, you want somebody who knows exactly what's going on. They give you the best advice, which ultimately, in turn, gives you the best deal or the best um, amount of money that you can make. So I say work with Nick Wise. Um, It's really the way to go. It's the way I went two and a half years ago. And that was my great investment in choosing him. So Nick Wise, how can people get in touch with you? Yeah, they can again, they can always give me a call direct on my line. It's 574-584-4009. Or better yet, find me on the web at www.nickwise.com. And that is N-I-C-W-Y-S-E. And on that note, we say thank you once again, and we'll see you next week on Spotlight on Business. I'm Laura Smith. If you missed any part of today's show, log on to 953mnc.com and look for the Spotlight on Business podcast. Be sure to tune in again next Sunday afternoon at 4.30 for Spotlight on Business on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, your breaking news and weather station.